we present Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve in A Case for Paul Temple, a serial in eight episodes by Francis Durbridge. Episode two, in which Steve meets Captain O'Hara. Paul Temple, the celebrated novelist and private detective, is visited by an old friend, Sir Graham Forbes, the chief commissioner of Scotland Yard, and by a Major Peters, who is attached to the special branch of the Criminal Investigation Department. The following is a resume of episode one. The past three months, Major Peters, Superintendent Weatherby and myself have been investigating a case known to us at Scotland Yard as the Granger Affair. Three months ago, a girl called Leslie Granger committed suicide. There was an inquest, and it was discovered that Leslie Granger had been taking drugs, cocaine. She'd been getting the cocaine, presumably, from a secret source, from a man or woman known to her quite simply as Valentine. Valentine? Two days after Leslie Granger committed suicide, a girl called Marjorie Barton died under mysterious circumstances. Every person that's committed suicide, Temple, every single person that's committed suicide during the past three months has, without exception, been a drug addict. Are you suggesting I'm that... suggesting that there exists in the West End of London at the present moment a secret organisation trafficking exclusively in dangerous drugs. That organisation is growing, Temple. It's growing so rapidly that unless we can put our finger on the person who controls it... Unless we can find... Unless we can find this mysterious Mr. Valentine, there's going to be a new crime wave in this country. A crime wave quite without precedent. Believe me, that's no exaggeration. Sir Graham, tell me, are you convinced that the people who committed suicide were in contact with Valentine? Yes. And there's another point, Mr. Temple. We found a powder compact on Marjorie Parton. Scribbled on the back of the compact was apparently a person's name. The name was Simon Lee. Simon Lee? Yes. Go on, Peters. Early this evening, Superintendent Weatherby interviewed a young man called Charles Kelvin. He's the husband of the girl that committed suicide this afternoon. As a matter of fact, he identified the body. Yes. During the course of cross-examination, Kelvin admitted that his wife had been, well, difficult, highly strung, emotional. On two occasions, during an hysterical outburst, he remembers quite distinctly that she repeated the name Simon Lee. Did the name have any particular significance, so far as Kelvin himself was concerned? No. He's just as puzzled as we are. He's never even heard of anyone called Simon Lee. Hmm. Well, um, what do you want me to do exactly? Don't you know? We want you to catch Valentine, Mr. Temple. During the course of the same evening, Temple received a telephone message from a mysterious girl who introduced herself as Sheila Baxter. Later, Paul Temple, together with Steve, his wife, visit Snooker Riley. Snooker is an old acquaintance of Temple's and he lives by himself on a houseboat. He is a strange, rather disreputable little cockney. Yes, I've had this old tub for 12 years or more. Gets a bit monotonous at times, of course, but it's a cheap way of living, and, well, I never was the one for gadding about, was I, Mr T? No, Snooker, you were never one for gadding about. Snooker, tell me... Yes, Gov? Tell me, have you heard of a woman called Sheila Baxter? Sheila Baxter? No. Not that I know of, why? I wondered, that's all. I take it you've heard of Valentine? Val- Valentine? Yes, 
Yes, I, I've heard of Valentine, but... But what? I don't know anything about him. Nothing at all, see? I don't know whether Valentine's a man or a woman. Look here, what's the game? You're the second bloke what's asked me about Valentine tonight. The second bloke what's... Oh? Who was the first? Chap called... Kelvin. Charles Kelvin. Kelvin? Yes. Do you know him? A foreign sort of bloke. Sounded to me a bit like a jerry. When did you see Mr Kelvin? About an hour ago. He came out here on his own. Borrowed a boat from a chap over at Silverton. And he asked you about Valentine? Yes. Yes, he did. And I told him what I'm telling you. I know nothing about Valentine. Nothing. All right, all right, Snooker. All right. Mr Timmel, I've been a lot of things in my time and one way and another I've rubbed shoulders with a pretty mixed crowd of customers, but... But what, Snooker? Well... I've always had a liking for you, Governor. And so far as you're concerned, I've always... I've always tried to play the game. Yes. Yes, I believe you have. Well, keep your nose out of this Valentine business, Mr Temple. Take my advice and keep your nose out of it. Snooker, tell me, did you offer Mr Kelvin a drink? A drink? Why, no. I... Uh... I noticed the two glasses on the side over there. Oh! Oh! And that was O'Hara, a pal of mine. Dropped in about six o'clock tonight. Regular old sea dog. O'Hara? Oh, yeah, maybe you know him. No, no, I can't say I do. <laughs> He's a card. You'd like O'Hara, Captain Michael Sean Doherty O'Hara. Skipper of the Simon Lee. The Simon Lee? Why, yes. But, Paul, that was the name... Snooker, that... tell me. How long have you known O'Hara? O'Hara? I've known O'Hara donkeys of years. He's been skipper of the Simon Leap. Look here. If you're interested in O'Hara, China, then O'Hara's the bloke you want to talk to. That's not a bad idea at that, Snooker. How can I get hold of him? Do you know the Marquis of Bude? It's a pub just off the Causeway, Limehouse. It's not exactly my favourite rendezvous, but uh, I know it. I'll see you there tomorrow night. What time? Nine o'clock. Okay. Nine o'clock. With O'Hara. With O'Hara. your friend Snooker. No. Perhaps we're a bit on the early side. Quite a salubrious crowd by the look of things. Yes. Let's go and sit over there in the... Why, hello, Superintendent. Hello, Mr Temple. I didn't expect to find you here, sir. Good evening, ma'am. What are you doing here, Weatherbeer? This place is a bit off the beaten track for you, isn't it? Well, if it comes to that, what are you doing here, Mr Temple? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'd like you to meet Mr Kelvin. Mr. Kelvin, Mr. and Mrs. Temple. How do you do? How do you do? Mr. Kelvin. That's rather interesting. As a matter of fact, we're hoping to meet quite a friend of yours here tonight, Mr. Kelvin. Well, indeed. Snooker Riley. Snooker? Oh. Oh, that was the man I saw last night on, on the houseboat. Yes. He's not a friend of mine, Mr. Temple. I only... It's all right, Kelvin. You can talk. 
Yesterday afternoon, my wife committed suicide. Yes. I suppose you read all about it in the newspapers. They made quite a story, didn't they? Quite an interesting story of how she jumped off. She'd been taking drugs, cocaine. Go on. The drugs were supplied by a man called Valentine. I'm going to get Valentine, Mr. Temple. And when I do get him, when I do get my hands on the steady, swine... old I... man. Steady. Is that why you saw Snooker Riley? Because... I saw Snooker Riley because I'm convinced, quite convinced, that he's mixed up in this affair. That's the trouble with all you amateur detectives. You're picking a nice, unsuspecting little guy, and before you know where you are, you've sold yourself the idea that he's the master criminal. Excuse me. What, Snooker Riley wouldn't... Excuse me. What is it, Daisy? Is, uh, is this Mr Temple? Uh, no, no, this is Mr Temple. Oh. Well, there's a gent upstairs, says he's got an appointment to see you. Oh. Oh, thanks. Uh, room eight. You'll see the door at the top of the landing. OK. Would that be Snooker? Could be. I think perhaps you'd better wait outside for me, darling, in the car. I shan't be very long. Yes, all right, Paul. I'll see you later, Weatherby. Yes, very good, Mr Temple. If I can get near the bar, Kelvin, I'll buy you a drink. I've been expecting you. Come in. Come in. Captain O'Hara? Captain O'Hara it is. Captain Michael Sean Doherty O'Hara, at your service, sir. Where's Snooker? Uh, Mr. Royley, I regret to say, was unavoidably detained. Cherchez la femme. Sit down. Sit down. What do you have? Do you usually engage a private sitting room, Captain O'Hara? Well... Now, it depends entirely on the company I'm expecting. Or would you prefer that we talk downstairs so that your friend Superintendent Weatherby can hear the conversation? We'll talk here, and I'll have a large whiskey. Ah, be dad, you're a man after my own heart. We'll be having it polluted. Thank you. Thank you. Now, what can I do for you? Snooker tells me you're skipper of the Simon Lee. I am that. And it's a fine boat, Mr. Temple, a fine boat. Now, if you're ever thinking of taking a cruise, I strongly... Captain O'Hara, have you ever heard of a man called Valentine? Valentine? Valentine, did you say? Why, it's a common enough name. As a matter of fact, I once knew a girl in San Diego called Valentine. And a fine upstairs. I'm not talking figure. about a girl in San Diego. No? No. Well, supposing now you tell me exactly what it is you are talking about. I am talking about opium, cocaine, heroin. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm beginning to see daylights. Scotland Yard have proof, definite proof, that there exists in the West End of London an organisation, a secret organisation, trafficking exclusively in dangerous drugs. The leader of that organisation is a man or woman known as Valentine. I have reason to believe, O'Hara, that you have been in contact with Valentine, if not in direct 
contact, then quite You've possibly... no reason to believe anything of this sort, man. And you know you haven't. You're guessing. You're quite right, Captain O'Hara. I'm guessing. <laughs> Mr. Temple, supposing now I talked quite freely, man to man, as you might say, would it be off the record? Oh, quite off the record. I have your assurance on that point. You have my assurance. I wouldn't stand to lose anything by it, I mean. What you really mean is, would you stand to gain? The answer is yes, to the tune of a pony. A pony? A pony is 25 pounds, Captain O'Hara. Satisfactory? I'm thinking it's an infinitesimal sum to offer a man of my standing, Mr. Temple. But... Two months ago, just as I was on the point of leaving for Amsterdam, I received a telephone message from a man who called himself Sir Gilbert Dryden. He asked me to deliver a letter to a woman in Amsterdam. In return for the letter, I was to receive a parcel. I was told to bring the parcel back to England and to deliver it myself, personally, to an address in Bloomsbury. You delivered the parcel? Yes. What was in it? I don't know. It was just an ordinary, quite small, brown paper parcel. Was it addressed to Sir Gilbert Dryden? No. Who was it addressed to? Why, to be sure now, I just... Can't. Who was it addressed to? It was addressed to Mr. Valentine. When you delivered the parcel, did you see anyone at the house? A or... servant. I simply handed over the parcel to her, and she... She gave me an envelope. You expected an envelope? I did that. How much? Two... Two hundred quid. Mm, not bad. Not bad, O'Hara. Was this the first time that anything like this had happened? The first time. The first and the last, Mr. Temple. I swear it. You've not heard from Sir Gilbert since? No. What was the address in Bloomsbury? I don't... <laughs> the address was 479 Estonia Avenue. 479 Estonia Avenue? Yes. You say you don't know what was in the parcel? No. But be dad, I can guess. I think we can both guess, O'Hara. Tell me, where were you when you received the telephone message from Sir Gilbert? I was in a pub. The Golden Horse. It's near... Yes, the... I know it. Did you give him a definite answer there and then? I did that. I told him he could go to blazes. But you changed your mind, apparently. Yes, I changed my mind. OK. OK, O'Hara, OK. 479, you said. That's right. 479 Estonia Avenue. You can't mistake the house, Mr. Temple. You can't mistake it. Yes, it looks very much like it. 479. Yes, this is it, all right. Not particularly impressive, is it? There's a plate of some sort on the gate, Paul. It looks to me as Robert if it... Robert Y. Frobisher, dental surgeon. Dental surgeon? Hmm. Right, Timothy, just look at the garden. Mm. They've got some pretty snappy weeds around here. Here's the bell. There doesn't seem to be anyone in. 
They're certainly not hurrying themselves. It's a good job we're not howling our heads off with toothache. Well, try again. If at first you don't succeed, try... <laughs> There's no need to try again. What do you mean, darling? Look. Door's open. Good heavens. So it is. Paul, what are you going to do? Don't be silly, Steve. What do you think I'm going to do? Well, the last I time... I know, I know, I know just what you're thinking. Mrs. Trevelyan at Marshall House Terrace. But this is different, darling. O'Hara didn't send me here. He simply... Hello. What's this? What is it? It's just a letter I noticed on the mat. It... Hello. That's interesting. Sir Gilbert Dryden, care of... Care of 479 Estonia Avenue, Bloomsbury. Well, that was the man O'Hara told you about. The man that telephoned him the night... Yes. I wonder if there's anything in this house, Steve. Well, there must be someone here, darling, otherwise... Would you like to wait in the car? While... No, no. I'll stay with you. OK. We'll, we'll see what happens anyway. Hello? Hello there? Anybody at home? Hello there? Anybody at home? Darling, you needn't sound so aggressive. What's this place over here? I think that's a cloakroom. Here's the door to the surgery, Paul. <gasps> what is it? What's the matter? There's someone in there, sitting in the chair. Don't be silly, darling. There can't be. I tell you, I saw him. He's in the chair. He's in the dentist's chair, sitting in front of the window. But, Steve, you've heard me shouting. Darling, I saw him. I saw him. Honestly. All right. He... Wait a minute. There you are. Oh, I beg your pardon, sir. My wife and I happen to... to... What is it? What's the matter with him? I think you'd better go outside, darling, before... Oh, Paul. Look. Look at his throat. He... Paul. Paul, he's been murdered. He's been... Wait here, by the door. He's dead? Yes. What's that you're holding, that card? It was on the chair. Well, what does it say? Paul, what does it say? It says... Permit me to introduce the real Captain O'Hara. Let this be a warning, Mr. Temple, and do not interfere. Valentine. you both. I'm glad you're back because you've got visitors. Visitors? Yes, ma'am. Sir Graham Forbes and another man called Major Peters. Oh, good. Thank you, Mary. Not at all. Hello, Temple. You're just the man I want to see, Sir Graham. You're just the man we want to see, Mr. Temple. Oh? Why? Temple, have you heard of a man called Sir Gilbert Dryden? Sir Gil what is this, a joke? Hmm? Of course we've heard of Sir Gilbert Dryden. Why? Only tonight. What is it? Um... What's happened? All right, Peters, read the letter. 
This letter was delivered to Scotland Yard by a special messenger just after eight o'clock tonight. It was addressed to Sir Graham and was marked personal and urgent. Dear Sir, with reference to the Valentine case, I know the identity of Valentine and have conveyed this important information to a man called Snooker Riley. Riley will meet you tonight, shortly before midnight, at Delford Quarry, Kempton Heath. Respectfully yours, Sir Gilbert Dryden. Hmm. That sounds a phony to me. That's what I said. But Peter's... I'm not so sure, Mr. Temple. In any case, we can't afford to ignore it. Where is Delford Quarry, Kempton Heath? It's about four or five miles the other side of Kempton. Weatherby should be there by now, sir. Yes. Weatherby? I've got Superintendent Weatherby and two of the flying squad units on the job. But we saw Weatherby about an hour ago. He was in a pub called the Marquis of Bude. Yes. He went there to meet a young man called Charles Kelvin. Kelvin's wife committed suicide yesterday afternoon, and I'm rather afraid the poor devil fancies himself as a sort of amateur detective. <laughs> He's certainly worrying the life out of poor old Weatherby. You say you've heard of this man, Sir Gilbert Dryden? Yes, as a matter of fact, I heard of him tonight for... The... But look here, are we supposed to be going to Kempton Heath because... Yes. Okay. I'll tell you all about it on the way there. Cheerio, darling, we shan't be very long. Take care. Yes, of course, don't worry. We'll be back in about an hour and a half, all being well. Delford Quarry. Not exactly my idea of a health resort. I wonder if that's Weatherby over there. Is that you, Weatherby? I think it is. Hello, Peters. Oh, good evening, sir. Well, have you seen anyone? No, no, sir, not a soul. Good evening, Superintendent. Oh, oh good evening, Mr. Temple. I didn't recognize you, sir. This is a surprise. Yes, isn't it? Which way do you think Riley will come? Well, if he comes, it's my bet that he... What is it? I thought I heard something. No. No, I don't think so. You can imagine all sorts of noises. What is it, Temple? Didn't you hear that? What? Listen. I'm damned if I can hear anything. You will, Sir Graham. Listen. I may be deaf, but I'm not... Ye gods, I heard that all right. Quiet. It's near that tree over on the right. I'll swear it is. I've just come from there. I never saw anyone. No. No, you wouldn't see him. What do you mean? Couldn't help but see him if I could. You don't mean he's... He's hanging from the tree. Oh, my God. Give me that torch, Weatherby. Quickly. Look. There he is. Do you recognise him, Temple? Yes. It's Snooker Riley. Oh, hello, Mary. I thought you'd be in bed by now. Well, I was just having a wee cup of coffee, Mr. Temple. I'm awfully partial to coffee. I'll make some more if you'd like some. Very much, yes. Where's Mrs. Temple? She's in the lounge. I'll be along with the coffee and two shakes of a lamb's tail. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Not at all, sir. You're welcome. Oh, hello, Paul. 
You look tired. Yes, I feel tired. Oh, my Timothy, what a night. Good Lord, is it quarter past one? Yes. You should have gone to bed, Steve. Mary's making some coffee. Yes, I know. By Timothy, I can use it. Did you see Snooker Riley? Yes, Steve. What happened? Well... You'd rather not talk about no, it? No, it isn't that. Only... What's going to happen, darling? About... about this business? I'm going to catch Valentine. Oh, Steve, I know how you feel about my getting... I wonder who that is. I don't know. It's very late, darling. Yes. All right, I'll take it. Hello? Hello. Mr Temple? Yes? I don't know whether you remember, Mr Temple, but I telephoned you last night. My name is... Oh, yes, I remember. Miss Baxter. Miss Sheila Baxter. Mr Temple, don't... Don't believe a word he tells you. It isn't true, any of it. What do you mean? I say, who are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about Dryden. Don't believe him, Mr. Temple. Please, please don't believe him. But how can I believe him? I haven't even... Hello? Hello? She's run off. Did you hear that? Yes. All of it? I, I think so. Yeah, I'm sure you'll see but me. what does it mean, Paul? I, I just don't... I'm... What is it, Mary? Well, I, I'm, I'm awfully sorry, Mr. Temple, but this gentleman just insisted... I'm so sorry to intrude. May I come in? My name is Dryden. Sir Gilbert Dryden. You have been listening to the second episode of A Case for Paul Temple a serial in eight episodes by Francis Durbridge, with Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve. Others taking part were Jimmy Chisholm, Richard Greenwood, Melody Grove, Eliza Langland, Robin Lang, Michael McKenzie, Greg Powery, Gareth Thomas and Nick Underwood. The production for the BBC was by Patrick Rayner.